welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Uh, this week recorded at various remote locations around New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of the Fanatic PW's uh, twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com, and you can find us on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And also don't forget that we love to get feedback. So uh, if you are so moved, please uh, give us a rating on iTunes or leave us a comment or let us know how we're doing because we love to hear from our listeners, especially now. And brief shout out to B&H. Thank you so much for still being open for those of us who work from home. Yay! Now we have sound equipment that works. I know. So, okay, you now. know, we apologize for last week's, uh, anyway, <laughs> listen, I'm glad that technology has survived the coronavirus, at least for the moment. Yeah. And, uh, there is a Kate sounds, Kate, you sound great. Yeah, well, you know, I think this is, we're just a microcosm of the sort of cobbling things together and making <laughs> do that everyone is doing. That's for sure. Well, the pandemic podcast continues. All right. So the rise and fall of Comic Hub. Um, <clears throat> we're going to revisiting the plight of the retailers. Uh, look at indie comics publishing uh, in the comics and book channel. So. Hey, co-hosts, um, you know, what's this, a month under this thing, or is it uh, uh, yeah, uh, Calvin, I, I think it's only been three weeks. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we only started a couple weeks ago, actually, so it, uh, I know it seems like seven months, but uh, it hasn't been that long. It seemed like a lifetime. I feel like we, like, maybe four weeks ago, we were together in the office. Uh, yeah, that must have been it. I can't remember when the last the last time we got together. What what were we talking about? <laughs> well, we were. Uh, it was just starting then. Yes, it was, it was just starting. beginning. Yeah, yeah, and we were definitely had some stories about it then, and but not you know. I mean, it just you know unfurled very very quickly after that, yeah. and uh, and now here we are. And so I I often you know there's so many metaphors you can do uh, for this. Um, one of my favorites is, it's like the, oh, now I'm forgetting the name, the Essex, this whaling ship that was rammed by a whale and then the people set out in their little rowboat. And, you know, sometimes in the rowboat there's a hope that maybe land is sighted and then land isn't sighted. And, uh, that's kind of how I feel like the comics industry has been in, in the last two weeks. It's, it's kind of like people have been running some stuff up flagpoles. And no one has seen the flagpole, or the flagpole has proven to be made from wet pasta. Yeah, or, or alternately, like... someone has decided that the flagpole is evil, and anyone who uses it is a traitor. Well, that's true too. <laughs> yeah, that's or you the, the flag goes up, and people realize, how do you do that? There's no pole. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, so I guess the most dramatic thing that happened in the last two weeks was a very brief 24-hour period. Uh, when, well, more like 36, maybe even 48. I'll give it 48 to be charitable. But there was a very brief flurry that, uh, on, on social media from a few retailers and a couple of comic sites that claimed that comics were saved. Uh, don't worry. Everything was going to be okay. We have a solution. And so this started with a couple of retailers tweeting this, like, oh, big thing is happening. And, uh, what it turned out to be was, a new version or a new push for Comic Hub, which yeah. is uh, – we've talked about it here in the podcast. I'm yes. a big fan of Comic Hub. I think we all are. Yeah, uh, so this yeah. – like, yeah, so Comic Hub is a POS system for retailers. But the proposal was that, uh, like, readers could order a digital copy of the comics that were supposed to come out um, and then when the print copy was available, they would get that. So it was essentially a pre build is pre-ordering, and you got yeah. the digital in the meantime. And uh, they had all the publishers supposedly yeah. lined up, and you know this when you would mm -hmm. go just go online, you'd order your comics, you'd get them. And they had supposedly had Diamond lined up too, because part of this proposal is that they were going to somehow or other get these prints, get these comics eventually to the publishers, to, excuse me, the retailers to sell 
even though Diamond's not really delivered no, in the comic book. I'm not sure they had Diamond on. Well, they didn't. That's part of the problem. Yeah. They seem yeah. to suggest that from the you know some of the people I talk to. Okay. So I would like to hear like what you heard and what I heard and because yeah, so, so, you so go ahead. So well no no no. I mean basically from my end the story was like I see these tweets, you know, I'm at home as you were supposed to be and I start reaching out to people like, What the hell's going on? Uh clue me in and then they're like, It's Comic Hub and then I actually looked at my email, I saw that Stu Colson, the uh creator, owner of Comic Hub, and he's a retailer in New Zealand, had sent me his deck. And so I read it and I saw what he was getting at, but I didn't feel like the deck was – I felt like it might be a first draft. That was my belief. Mm-hmm. So uh, I foolishly rather than – well, not foolishly. I, I made the decision to – because it's like 4 in the morning. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to deal with this in the morning. Sometimes yeah. I say that because – so then I woke up in the morning at another website – had this story called Comics Are Saved, Comic Comics Come, <laughs> and like, you know, it's like the Essex sighting land, and then everybody's like retweeting it and going nuts and hullabaloo, and uh, so then, apparently, on some retailer forums where, you know, press is not allowed, but everyone else is, uh, the... Um, a, uh, retailers, comics retailers, as Kate said, took the evil flagpole, um, <laughs> gadget and just said that this would digital, would convert all their customers to digital. They would never buy print again and it would destroy the yeah. market and there was no, no going back and we could There's do- a lot of hyperbole. Someone actually referred to anyone who would take, any retailer who would take this opportunity as the enemy. And I was like, the enemy? Really? We're going there? Yeah. Well, well that's, yeah, well. What did you hear, Calvin? <laughs> well, basically, uh, what I heard was that um, this was an attempt uh, to try to deliver some revenue to retailers, um, or at least presented to be that, um, who are dealing now with, you know, uh, Diamond not delivering print comics, trying to find revenue anywhere. This would be basically what you said. Um, they would be able to pay full price for a digital comic, uh, and it would they would get the print comic later when Diamond started making uh, deliveries again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole idea was that even though it essentially is a digital first uh, thing, which makes retailers extremely nervous, uh, it was being presented. As well, you're really buying the print copy, and this is just a placeholder, so that uh, you have you can pay for something, you'll have something to read, uh, and the store will still be able to sell uh, the print comic when it eventually gets here. But the fact is that, I mean, some comics are kind of sitting somewhere and not being delivered, and nobody knows when they will be delivered, and uh, it just seems that. More and more, the retailers were starting to feel that uh, this is a digital first thing. This these, these print comics may or may not ever be delivered, and we are kind of selling out ourselves here because people are going to get used to buying digital, and we're going to be helping them. Right. That's the gist of what I was getting. Right, that's exactly what I was hearing as well. Yeah, and so my understanding of how things played out is that. Um, you know, this got out, and like I said, retail reaction on forums on Facebook was just dire. You know, calling it the enemy. Now I've heard that uh, Comic Hub had done enough research to reach out to publishers, and that they did have quite a few publishers who were tentatively interested in this. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and however, when the publishers saw the retailer reaction, they uh, said, "No, we, we can't do it." You know, we'll be yeah. blackballed. Retailers will destroy us, and um, you know, we'd be done. So, so by th- by twenty four hours later, since all these tweets came, so it really was only twenty four hours to come to think of it. Um, I talked to so John Hendrick of, of Big Bang Comics in uh, but Dublin, Ireland, is one of the he like like he kind of stepped in. He and Ryan Higgins of a shop, a comic, I think it's Comic Conspiracy. I'm not as familiar mm-hmm. with Ryan's shop in in California. Anyway, they kind of stepped up to be spokespeople, and I talked quite a bit to John, and he just said, you know what, we're not going forward with this. So 
um, the plan was kiboshed immediately. And now, like I said, I, comics were not saved. Yes. And like I said, I also <laughs> – and I don't know whether this is true, um, but I had heard that the Diamond had never weighed in on this because at some point they were going to have to be a part of the solution here. Mm, yeah. And, well, Diamond hates Comic-Con, so – or hates a strong word. Diamond – Yeah. Know, a, they have their own. It's a competitor to Diamond. It's yeah. a competitor yeah. to Diamond. Yeah. They, they experience rivalry with comics. Yeah. Let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah. So, Fair yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, what uh, the, for me, what came out of this is uh, essentially the still the, the, the fear that retailers have of uh, digital comics. I mean, they're, they're okay now, but I think they were okay before when they saw that this actually tied into print uh, in some ways to their benefit. But really now, this is a, we're in a really tremendously, uh, troubling period where, I mean, these retailers, they're, they're not delivering and, and some of them, they couldn't take a delivery if they wanted to. Right. And, uh, um, right. many places they're told they have to shut yeah. down. Yeah. Now, Brian Hibbs wrote a very, very long, uh, tilting at windmills column for the beat. It's up on the beat now. And, uh, he, so I think, I think we've said this in our two previous, um, two previous podcasts, but you know, up to me, I don't understand. It's like, okay, you're afraid of digital. We have 10 years of data that shows that readers don't go to digital. Okay, uh, fine. You know, like we have this. Digital's been around for 10 years and there are still print comics. It's pretty strong evidence that it's not going to destroy comics if the pandemic doesn't. Yeah. Okay? Like, yeah. like your customers just stop buying comics. Isn't that going to destroy your store too? Yeah, there's there's a certain element of like saying no, we we can't take this lifeboat because what if people decide they like lifeboats better than cruise ships? <laughs> like, well, that's pretty good, Kate. Like, first, get off the damn sinking cruise ship. Then worry about whether people like lifeboats better. Spoiler alert: they don't. Yeah. So I I um. I asked, so I asked Brian, I said, I posed this to him. I said, Brian, don't you, you know, I mean, what, aren't you worried about that? And he said, he said, well, my main, and then he didn't really answer, I guess he didn't really answer that question, but he said his, his other worry about the Comic Cub issue was what he explained in his column was that really, there was no mechanism for it to work. And I, I, I'll read a little <laughs> bit of what he said because I think this is pretty pretty valid, okay, for the entire mm -hmm. world. Um, and he just says, you know, once a big machine engine is shut down, it takes a while to start up again, and which is true. You know, the comics yeah. distribution conduit has been shut down for since last week. And uh, so he says, let's get back to the mechanical issues for a second. By looking at a single comic series, Batman. Batman is published fortnightly. Issue 92 is scheduled for the first, blah, 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 94 for May 6th. Let's mm. assume we're all magically back in business by uh, the last date. We probably won't be. What happens then? Is DC going to ship three issues in a single week? The three yeah. issues they promised in print will be made fully returnable without them paying return freight. Would anyone buy those? Would anyone have the money to do that? How would that yeah. impact your purchase of any other comics? Can the market afford a catch-up product dump? Could Diamond handle that kind of output mm -hmm. all at once? Could DC handle the vast river return product they'd get under that circumstance? So, uh, you know, these are big, this is, you know, this is the yeah. reality. I mean, there's solutions to all of these, but I mean, the Comic Hub, Solution was really good-hearted. I, you know, a lot of people said that this was some kind of evil shit, and it wasn't. I mean, I know that talking to the people involved with Comic Club, but um, you know, I don't think they really quite had it all figured out. As you know, it was. Yeah, and I don't think they really figured out just how paranoid a scared comic book retailer can be. The yeah. answer is very, very paranoid. Yes. Well, and, and, and I mean, I mean, comics retailers are paranoid under the best circumstances, and right now they're operating under the worst circumstances. So, yeah. to a certain extent, I understand them being. Plus, I think the other thing, and and please correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I'm, uh, as a book trade guy, I mean, there's always a little cocked eye, uh, uh, dubious viewpoint. Uh, of the retailers toward publishers, but at the end of the day, they do see them as uh, partners. But the, the 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 level of suspicion of publishers uh, in the direct market, I, I always is a little startling to me. Now, <laughs> it, 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 um, but they really, uh, I mean, they don't trust 
publishers, and and they don't trust their principal middleman very much either. Well, I, you know, I'm let's say some don't. You know, Brian. Let me quote okay, Brian. That, I, I, I agree. Brian is a good uh, is a good um, you know spokesperson for this. Uh, a whole lot. Of, speaking only for myself, a whole lot of things I used to tolerate about publishing as a client retailer will absolutely not work going forward without wholesale changes. Um, Marvel and DC have already lost my faith. The former from not telling us anything directly and plainly. The latter for being weasels and how they informed us about their digital first plans. What kind of quote partners are those? Woof. You know, like, <laughs> like you know, I, mean, it's, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <clears throat> I um, say either because, you know, at the end of the day, you're a store and you sell things. And, and you have to have things to sell. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, ugh, you know, <laughs> I don't even know what more to say. I, we should, maybe at some point we should uh, interject here and mention that uh, Diamond, which uh, had stopped shipping comics, uh, what, two weeks ago? Um, uh, also a week ago stopped uh, making payments to uh, publishers and other vendors, and they have now put out a plan to resume payments. Yeah, uh, but it's very but only like twenty five percent at a time for six weeks, and then uh, then then apparently they're going to try and uh, pay off the deficit in um, installments. So I'll tell you one thing: I keep hearing, and Calvin, you might have heard the same thing, but um, uh, I think whatever happens when we come out of this. I don't think Diamond will be a monopoly in a year's time if it's still around. Well, yeah, you know, this is the thing. Uh, if you're talking about distributing periodical comics, who's going to take their place? Well, do you think they're going to be periodical? I didn't say. Look, I didn't say. Oh, well, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> right. But I didn't, I didn't say they, they will disappear entirely, although they could. I said they won't be a monopoly. I think Diamond survival is an qu open question. But I think it's almost a certainty that Diamond will no longer be a monopoly when this is done. Well, and by that you mean they'll have some competition to, to uh, for the business yeah. of DC and Marvel, which is basically the business that mm – -hmm. The direct market is well, in. Let me put it this way. Uh, some of the things that I've learned suggest to me that that is technically a lot more possible than we thought. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's interesting because, uh, I mean, the direct market is a kind of unique uh, retail channel. I'm not a retailer. Uh, and in fact, I've never been accused of being a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my perspectives are, you know, uh, it, it, it probably should be uh, taken with a massive grain of salt. But, uh, I, the kind of the skill set and the personal relations, um, needed to, uh, herd 2,000 independent comic shops, I, I, do, I just don't see, how someone can make money at it other than di Diamond. But, you know, what do I know? Well, well, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing magical about Diamond. They have a very long history. They know what they're doing in this business, largely. Mm -hmm. But it's not like no one can make any money distributing comics other than them. It's not like there's some secret sauce they have hidden in a vault somewhere. Like, well, I think the it, secret sauce is may, what you mentioned earlier. They have long experience, and they they have a uh, they have expectations from the retailers that they try to meet. I mean, I yes. just see how, and they're so tied. The other thing with uh, with comics publishers, they're they're tied so closely to the retailers uh, that it's it's. Uh, I mean, you just don't see it, uh, and they're only tied to two of them, really. Mm, yeah, two publishers, yeah. but. but there you go. But imagine, imagine, Calvin, if you will, imagine that somebody not trying to be Diamond because it would be too hard for someone out the gate to be Diamond, but somebody were to set up a distribution channel that might be selectively chosen in its products, that comic book stores might get a better deal from or might consider they were getting a better deal from. That um, maybe they would still get their Marvel and DC from Diamond, but maybe they would choose not to get their entire order from Diamond. Maybe they would order 
everything else or most of their indies to somebody else. Well, that's already happening. I mean, Brian Hibbs yeah. himself wrote all about that. Like, he has a real seminal p- p- column, which I think is must-reading, where he talks about how, um, you know, he orders some of the best-selling product from Diamond because they don't carry it. I mean, they don't carry... They don't carry books from book publishers and things that are selling in comic shops like like Dogman and Raina Telgemeier. Well, that's a whole other issue for sure. Now, you were talking about distributing books. Uh, there's plenty of competition already. Well, well let no, me – <laughs> I mean when I say books, I mean books in the sense that sometimes we throw the word around here, including monthly periodical comics. See, I don't mean it. When I say – Periodicals, I mean periodicals. When yeah. I say books, I mean perfect bound. And I, and I think we should be very careful about using those terms because yes, periodical too. comics are diamond exclusive, okay? Yes. And books are, have lots of distributors. All yes, kinds of distributors. That's my point. Yes. So they, in that case, they have plenty of competition already. They have their own unit to distribute, uh, to the, to the general book trade. But they, they, they kind, they're kind of completely different worlds. So, so Calvin, I want to find out more about that because you've really been covering the book, the book beat and all of this. And so before, but I want to ask you about that. But before we get to that, I know, you, you know, aside from Brian Hebbs, I know that we talked, I think, on our last podcast about how we had this incredibly timed article on the state yes. of retailing <laughs> that was immediate when the, as it came out, was completely meaningless for the world we live in. But uh, then you had Shannon do a follow up to it. Correct? Yes. What did we yes. find out? Well, look, we found out what we knew all along that they're hurting, <laughs> that, that comics retailers, uh, like uh, independent bookshops across the country, are being hammered by this. Um, uh, should we talk to, I don't know how many of them about, uh, re- uh, there were about seven or eight in the uh, feature, and I think we talked to, including Brian, who, who wasn't able to talk to us. Because um, uh-huh, he was I, writing this column. He was writing that, that magnum opus for you. Uh, but we did talk to about uh, six of them. Uh, Jeff Ayers here in New York at Forbidden Planet. Carl D'Angelo at uh, Earth 2. Patrick Godfrey at Velocity Comics in Richmond. Uh, Liz Mason at Quimby Books in Chicago's. Uh, atop the Atomic Books guy, Ben Ray. And Mission Comics, uh, Lee Smith in San Francisco. And they all... I mean, they all were just devastated. Um, some were, you know, they're in different states. Uh, at the time we talked to them, uh, which was yeah, about a week ago um, in our follow-up, uh, you know, some states were, um, you know, had shut all businesses down. Some were allowing curbside uh, pickup. Some stores, you know, if you have a uh, cafe in it, you know, you can stay open. Others, were, in California, everything was shut. Mm-hmm. I mean, car and um, – um, and who else? Uh, the San Francisco guy, Lee Smith. Uh, I'll quote Lee Smith. The California shelter in place law is pretty clear. We were asked to be, to stay at home unless absolutely necessary. It even ruled out curbside service. So you really couldn't even. So, uh, uh, those businesses, generally the owners are trying to uh, either rely on their, uh, uh, their website and do online sales. Um, Although, for instance, Carr at Earth 2 doesn't really have that, but, for instance, he's uh, asking people to, you know, pay for their pull list, and he's going to ship their comics out to them. Mm-hmm. They, you know, that'll give them some cash. Well, but. I mean, I've heard from Brian and several other retailers who are, you know, the owners themselves. I mean, several of them are posted about this because of shelter-in-place, and, you know, yes. also, hey – Props to Gavin Newsom. I gotta say, Callie has Absolutely. been the leader in this. Absolutely. And you know, if, uh, I know people love Cuomo and everybody's a Cuomo sexual now, but if, uh, <laughs> if, uh, you know, de Blasio hadn't, you know, de Blasio, don't even mention it, but, uh, you know, let's be positive. California right, shut, not just be super shut things down. They shut <laughs> things down right away and they have it more hey, under control. They really, made a difference. You know, that was the right way to do it and props to them. Uh, however, it was at great cost, but, uh, you know, in places where people can go uh, into, um, you know, their stores, they are lone heroes are going in and shipping things out on their own, you know, and it's yeah. grueling. I mean, Brian says, you know, that he was doing it, but he was spending four times the amount of time on one quarter of the money, so he can't do it, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. that's kind of how it is. Well, you know, um, Quimby's books in Chicago, I mean, it, uh, they laid everybody off. Almost everybody in here, and uh, the people that didn't lay off are like the only employees, the owners. Mm-hmm. It's an owner-run shop. Um, you know, Carson 
you know, send everybody's home thinking about safety. Uh, the forbidden planet, they, 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 they're shut down completely. And, and even their, even their website, excuse me, even their online, uh, online thing was shut down because it's not, when you have, if you have a separate warehouse, apparently you can remain open. Yes. Um, but they, their where their online situation is in another retail loca- location, so they had to shut that down too. Right. So, and, and I, yeah. I, I would like to point out that a lot of these comic shops were not set up to do online sales. Okay? Right. Like Comics Experience with Brian Hibbs, he set up a Shopify. Now, I just saw that Floating World in P- Portland owned by Jason Levian and a couple of other people, but a very prominent retailer. I see that he has actually signed up with Comic Hub and is setting up a storefront via Comic Hub. So I don't want to say Comic Hub is dead, um, mm. because it's not, but you know, like I think it could yeah, actually, it's not going anywhere. It's no, just not no. doing the thing they were going to do. Right. I mean, this, I think this plan was a little, uh, unfounded, but I think the things that Comic Hub can do are strong. And, and, uh, you know, another one of my retailer columnists is Brandon Schatz, who was his wife, Danica Page, owned a shop variant edition in Edmonton, uh, uh, Canada. And they already had, um, they already had, uh, you know, online set up and, uh, they had already shifted to a product mix that was, uh, um, you know, a lot of books and lesser periodicals. And they're not quite as freaked out. I mean, they're not good, but, you know, they're not yeah. quite as freaked mm-hmm. out as some of these uh, other stores. So, well, I, if I, I'll tell you real quick. One of the things, one of the questions we asked the stores was, what can customers or supporters do to help you right now? And they're take, you know, people are taking orders by phone. Um you know, uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, Liz Mason at Quimby's Books, she's using like Zoom and um, uh, uh, other FaceTime. You can call her up and she'll like walk, you know, because she's the only employee now. Mm-hmm. She'll, you can, she'll hand sell you. She'll take you around the shop on FaceTime mm-hmm. and you can pick stuff out and pay her and they'll ship it to you. Yeah. Um, buy gift cards, you know, because, you know, the whole, yeah, you know, that you can use later. I and mean, you know, the whole thing with gift cards, of course, is that you buy them and don't use them. It really <laughs> provides some revenue uh, for the for the stores. So, uh, yeah, there are things you can do to help your local comic shop. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to get too. Uh, I mean, you know, at the same time, you have to help all your local retailers, well, and then, and then half the people have lost their jobs. So, you know, this is this is well, some of the efforts are not. You know, but there are things we can do. You know, I order out. I know we're going to talk about our own our own situation later. But you know, I order out at least once a week. Just yes. Because, uh, yeah, I, I should. Yes. Um, but it's interesting. I know one of the um, one of our one of our reports uh, on the state of independent bookstores uh, said just what you just mentioned. Now, this, she said, "Look, everyone's trying to help us, but our customers are getting laid off from work too." Yeah. So, so Calvin. What yes. is the state of independent bookstores? Now, to me, this is just as important, really. Well, honestly, it's not much different than what mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing um, uh, with independent comic shops. Um, we're seeing, um, you know, uh, 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 complete shutdown, uh, hard to get distribution. Um, uh, um, I, uh, in some cases, uh, as I said before, the shelter-in-place orders have shut bookstores down because they're not necessarily classified as essential businesses. Right. Um, uh, bookstores with cafes often can remain open uh, because they can stay open for takeout. Uh, take all you know. They can take all. The, they have a cafe. They can take all the, the uh, tables out. Um, um, but the problem is, is once again, is that it, they're uh, and uh, it's. Uh, people are being laid off. People are are not congregating, obviously, uh, or coming to the store. This is a competitive advantage that physical bookstores have yeah. over the website that shall not be named. Right, but um, I but I will say that I saw another story in Publishers Weekly that said that book sales were actually up. <laughs> well, book sales, did, yeah, but that's you know that there's been a spike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the other thing that people are talking about that there is a, the, we're living in an anomal, anomalous situation. 
there's a spike going up even as there are fewer places to actually sell books. Right. Uh, so uh, – and then, of course, uh, Amazon is, has deprioritized books um, uh, because there's so much demand for household delivery of other kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. food and toilet paper apparently. Right. Uh, now, um, uh, we also did a story about Amazon. Um, you know, uh, you know, you get a time for how long. Some of the publishers are saying that their books are being uh, shown with a date sometimes a month later than uh, anticipated. Uh-huh. Uh, although some of the books are still being delivered next day. So uh, one of the things I set in on a um, conference call with the book industry study group today. Uh, and it was basically about the state of the supply chain. Uh-huh. And um, now in the book world, uh, we, they actually summed up uh, the response uh, as transparency and needing – we need more information about how people are dealing with this and collaboration. Um, so uh, they're trying to bring the different aspects, uh, parts of the supply chain together, distributors, retailers, publishers, uh um, you know, book scan people were on the call. Uh-huh. Uh, and basically giving a kind of, uh, a, a state of our particular part of the union. Uh, remote, um, working remotely, uh, uh, is working better than many people thought in places that can do that. Uh, warehouses and distributors, uh, regional distrib- distributors are, are also, uh, using, you know, they're disinfecting they're using um, social distancing by, um, you know, spacing people out. But this is all very difficult, slows everything down, slows orders. So while there has been a spike of sales online in orders, uh, we're going to hit a point where, in many cases, um, everything is just going to slow down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. I, I, think, I think it didn't quite happen as quickly in the book market, but it's happening. Yeah, well, the book market is way bigger, obviously, than the um, – Right, than exactly. That. Uh, there's many more kinds of stores uh, and more – you know, and bookstores today, almost almost all bookstores, they do some online selling. You may not do a lot. Um, uh, so people are trying to turn to that when they mm-hmm. can. Right, um, right. So, I mean, that's that's – basically it you know um the, the basic thing now is to stay open mm-hmm. until uh these shelter in place orders are lifted and people can start get back to some some uh version of normal because it's not going to be uh like it was before no and i mean that's what a lot of people you know i think that's what a lot of people have been realizing is that it's not going to be the same. I mean, I know Barnes and Noble has some stores still open, probably the ones that have cafes or in states that don't, because there are yeah. still some states that actually don't have shelter in place orders. Yeah, uh, but but I know, but, but they furloughed a lot of people, including Jim Killen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people have been furloughed. Um, okay. You know, uh, what were you going to say, Kate? Yeah. What I was going to say is that, I mean, you're talking about the importance of staying Oh, for Pete's sake, someone's doing that seven o'clock, let's make noise so people know that you love healthcare work. Yes, that's great. I think that's it's awesome. Great. Yay! It, yes, yes, let's cheer right now, because yeah. I do it, my window, my window is closed, so I can't do it, but, you know, yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, it's seven o'clock in New York City, everyone starts cheering wildly because it's a shift change for the, um, the, the healthcare workers at hospitals and clinics all over the city, uh, just to give some small salute to their heroic duty. Yeah. So if God I sounded bless. annoyed, it's it's not because I don't approve of this. It's just that I, as as the producer, am like, why didn't I think of that as something that would interrupt? <laughs> yeah, it's, my it's well, fine. Kate, I love it. Kate, it's uh, for it's you too. It's worth interrupting You're, the show. Yeah, it's Kate. It's for you too. But for instance, um, just on your point, Barnes and Noble sales have spiked at BNN.com, mm-hmm, but yeah. Don, the new owner, announced a day or two ago that they are going to see unprecedented sales drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though they have a few stores doing curbside pickup and whatnot, it's not enough. Uh, you know, most of their clo- stores have been closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna say what I was gonna say before. I was. Mm-hmm. In- 
erupted by a vast wave of gratitude uh, across our communities is that, you know, you're talking about the importance of staying open, but, you know, conversely, there's a contrarian view that the smart thing to do is shut down immediately before you lose too much money and reopen as soon as you can once things get better. That you just, I mean, it's unfortunate, but that you say, like, look, you know, I think it's better that I'm able to open and fully, when this is over, um, I'm going to furlough you so that you can get unemployment. And I'm not going to take anything because I'm just going to shut down. And hopefully we won't lose too much money trying to stay open in a situation when we can't justify the cost of keeping on the lights. Well, effectively, that's what both stores are doing. Um, That's why, I mean, everybody has laid off employees when they can. I mean, I think one of the the stores in our feature – uh, Skylight Books, which is actually a general bookstore in L.A., but they apparently have a really well-stocked graphic novel section. They have 30 booksellers. Now, he told us at the time of our follow-up that everybody was still on staff and raising the salary, but he also ended his saying, that can't last. Uh, everybody else had laid off everybody, and even one of them, I said, in fact, just what, what Kate was saying, we laid people off as soon as we could so that they could go and get um, – uh, unemployment, uh, with the hope of rehiring them when, when, when we come out on the other side of this. But, um, but everyone, but I think all of these stores are trying, if they can, to keep some trickle of cash coming in, um, right. to get them to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, the other aspect of this is that, you know, there is the CARES Act. The government has passed, you know, this $5 trillion yeah. act. Uh, and I, I've heard some of my friends who are unemployed that they started to get the money already, and that's awesome. That's um, great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I wonder when I, the check for the rest for all of us is going to uh, come. I know, right? The uh, fatal check. Think, yeah, but uh, that will, you know, here in New York, pay for literally a week's groceries. But okay. <laughs> um, so, but you know, the thing I think the big hope that a lot of people had was these small business loans, which are supposed to be, you know, they're meant for things like comic shops and, and independent bookstores. And unfortunately, it sounds like there's a lot of red tape and a big lot of, you know, snafus on that. So it's not like everybody's going to be getting the money next week. No, no, but uh, and and it's a long line. Hey, Publishers Weekly is lining up too. To mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, one of the byproducts uh, of uh, this pandemic, of course, is the wholesale cancellation of our bread and butter mm-hmm. trade shows, right? Trade conventions. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, uh, Reed won't doesn't seem to have faced the music, but I think everybody else had. Book Expo is not going to happen. You know, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And we, you know, we do a show daily that is an incredible revenue generator for us. Mm. So Bologna, same story. Um, You know, there's not going to be a trade. There's not going to be any kind of big gathering. Maybe in the fall. We'll see. Mm. Uh, uh, I should also mention, um, like every other uh, magazine and uh, publication around the country now. You know, uh, all the PW's, um, uh, paywall is completely down. Mm-hmm. All our content is open. Our, our coronavirus coverage is there. Uh, our, you know, our, our wonderful comics coverage. Everything, our features, there's nothing behind the paywall. Uh, you know, if there can, if there's something there that can entertain you or be useful, please, uh, go to publishersweekly.com slash comics, but also to publishersweekly.com. Yeah, absolutely, which is great. You know, everybody, all the paywalls are down, and, you know, it's uh, the community response to the community threat. Yeah, so, and hey. you may well find graphic novel content in other parts of the website, dear listeners, because I often, as someone who's primarily <laughs> interested in the comics aspect of Publishers Weekly, will go spelunking around the comics page and look for some article Calvin mentioned, and I'll go, Calvin, I didn't see the article about insert thing here. And he'll say, oh, no, they didn't put that on the comics page. They put it on a different part of the website. And I'll say, really? I had no idea. Um, so, you know, keep your eye yeah. out. If there's something specific you're looking for, just throw it into the site-wide search engine. Absolutely. So, yes. for instance, go to publishersweekly.com, but also go to the children's department. Because yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, there's a lot of, of content about comics and children's graphic novels in uh, the PW Children's. Uh, and you, you and things may even show up in the book selling, you know, because that's how we tag, right. tag things. Uh, so, hey, could we segue to how are you guys dealing with the p- pandemic? What do you, what, what's your day like, um, Heidi and Kate? Kate, hey, you want to go? go? Oh, All right. Go. Yeah, Kate, so, you go. Okay. So um, I'm now on partial work from home, which I hate. I am not a human being who is designed to stay in a house. It does not work well for me. Um, and, but at the same time, I'm on partial work from home, so I can't like go out and volunteer or anything. So that's rough. Um, so I'm, you know, doing therapy by phone from 9.30 in the morning till 6 o'clock at night, four days a week. And then one day a week I go into the office and see clients in person. Oh, wow. Um, frankly, while I... Am fully aware of the necessity of trying to limit transmission. Personally, I wish I didn't have to work from home. Not yeah. my thing. Now, you know, our listeners may not know that you're a social worker. Uh, you know, in your other life. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, I'm a social worker by training, but I'm actually, by current job, a therapist. So yes, that's right, listeners. My entire job description at both of my jobs is that I'm good at talking to and listening to people. <laughs> no surprise, Kate. You're a great you're nat- transferable skills. Yes, very much so. So Heidi. Oh, well, me, I'm, you know, uh, I, I think we're all lucky. We're all still employed. Uh, yep. so I am busy as can be. I mean, I have to take breaks. In fact, I need to, uh, I, I, I'm unlike, unlike Kate, I'm very well versed at working at home and I'm also very well versed at staying at home and kind of living a cloistered life, uh, psychologically. You might not think that of me because I'm such a social butterfly, but I, I, I became a social butterfly because I spent many years like, you know, never going anywhere and doing anything. And so I'm able to do that. But my days are quite busy because of all what we're talking about. And, you know, publishers are pumping out PR like there's no tomorrow, Calvin. I'm sure you found the same thing. So, um, you know, I wake up and there's a ton of news and people are pinging me with uh, gossip or we've got an exclusive. And, you know, it's like, ah, yeah, yeah. So so I am trying to uh, remain physically fit. Like I don't go for as many walks as I did when it started because I, I feel like, you know, the streets are getting a little strange, although as it warms There's up. There's so many people on the street in, in my well, neighborhood. See, I think in my neighborhood it's the opposite. Uh, There's not uh, okay. people who are out are maybe people who need Kate services. Yeah. And yeah. I've had a lot of like yeah. uh, kind of confrontations and pretty much everybody that I talk to has ha- also had confrontations on the street. So, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So well, – I, I do go to the park or shopping after work every day as much as I can just to not go insane. But I will say that I can definitely tell that isolation is bad for a lot of people because I've walked past a number of people doing things that I can only describe as things that people have have harbored a deep desire in their heart to do on an empty street for years. And yes. some crazy okay. part of their mind yeah. goes, now, now, now it's my <laughs> chance I to impersonate a dog. I yeah. saw the same thing. I was walking out and I saw some dude without a shirt and he was standing on the street. It was like a side street here. And he had like a, maybe it was his shirt, but he was just standing there and shaking his shirt like a whip, like snapping it back and forth. And I decided not to go down that street. Yeah. Yeah. Calvin, what about you? Well, I, I have, we, we, uh, you know, I live on the Lori side and I, we have encountered some, uh, uh, some tough, you know, uh, uh, situations on the street with, yeah, people really acting bizarre and, and the like. Um, uh, but, um, you know, uh, you know, working from home, uh, is not foreign to me. Obviously in this day and age, the, you know, if you're a writer of any kind, um, uh, you're always partially working from home or you're on the road. So, um, you, you know, you can do everything. We're lucky. Uh, you yeah. can, we can put out this and we have for the last four weeks. Put the PW out entirely with nobody, with no office. 
Yay! Uh, Yay! Very amazing. Uh, I've always done it to some extent, but doing it 24-7 is a little bit disconcerting. Uh, so I'm at my apartment all day and, um, uh, it's, it's, it's a little tricky. I mean, but you get it done. Um, I try to get out of the house at least once a day. What I do, I, I used to go for a walk during the day and a walk at night, but now I actually city bike because I do think the streets are deserted, but the Lower East Side, it is so dense. It's, it's deserted for the Lower East Side, but there's mm-hmm. always somebody out there. And I frankly don't think that people they're they're sort of paying attention social distancing but you know i'm over 60 and i think if you see somebody in the street you should get as far away from them as you can yeah and i'm and i'm not getting that Mm. so but so i decided now what i do is i bike i go on a city bike and i bike around for a while because i'm in the middle of the street there's not much traffic and nobody's near me um and but I have a whole ritual because I take uh, handy wipes with me and I disinfect the handles and the seat mm-hmm. before I get on the bike, you know. Um, so I do that and then, you know, uh, you know, Jody, my delightful wife and friend of the show, you know, she, you know, we're, you know, oh, the other thing is shopping because, you know, we're high risk, but, uh, we were thought about getting delivery, but you know what? It's impossible to get a delivery shot slot. And I also feel kind of guilty that I'm stealing a slot from someone that's, you know, immuno. Because I've heard on all in shows, people that that have, uh, you know, immune system deficiencies can't get, you know, fresh direct delivery. Here's where other people can help you. Calvin. Yeah. I am young and healthy. I will get you groceries. Yeah. (laughs) No. Hit me up after we're done. Well, we'll see about that. But, But this is the deal. We use senior hours only. We get up really early. Uh, we can go to the Essex market in particular. There's oh, almost no one jealous, there. Jealous, jelly. It's great. Jelly, jelly. It's, uh, you get up there, you get there at eight o'clock, there's almost nobody in there. Uh, and, and everything is well stocked. And we're in there and we're out of there and we're home. So, um, I, I appreciate the offer. Um, but yeah, I know it's, 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 it's there's a certain amount of risk. But, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that, you know, we can continue that we could do it that way forever anyway, you know, uh, even with friends help. But you know what? If the situation changed, you'll hear from me. I mean, I signed up for some uh, – I mean, I'm not super at risk, but I'm not super not at risk either, yeah. you know. So I'm very – I listen, I don't want to catch this thing. I'll be honest. Yes, I don't, I don't either. want to catch it. And, I don't so, um, you know, I signed up for, uh, one of the, there's a, there's not Fresh Direct, but there's these other kind of. There's others, yeah. There's a lot. And I, I think I have a slot and I think that would just alleviate my anxiety. But I'll, I'll tell you, uh, one thing that there's two things that I, that, uh, I have and, you know, we zoom, I zoom with friends. Oh yeah, I should have Everybody that, yeah. zooms. And one of the little traditions that I have when I do a zoom is I just ask everybody to go around and give a status report. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just like, how, like we're doing right now. Right. And mm-hmm. like, how do you feel? How are you doing? Because I, I do think it's super easy to get into this isolation and really get stuck up in your own head. And I think telling, talking to other people and, you know, keeping an eye on one another and not letting, not letting others go off too far in the rowboat, you know? Uh, I think the Zoom sessions have been uh, mm-hmm. a lifesaver, frankly. So the other thing that for me is a lifesaver is that a Starbucks reopened near me. Because <laughs> I live near all the hospitals and there's a, they specifically say this is for the first responders. Right. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, just having the option to go and g- go out and get one of my Starbucks drinks has like, you know, I mean, I- I'll it's tell you, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I'm going to make it through this mentally and emotionally, you know, I mean, I say that now, you know, we are we're all going to make it through. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that concerned about my mental and emotional health. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'll be scarred by it, but like everyone else, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay strong for, for what the next task is. Cause it's going to be a hell of a task. It's different. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, look, all of you, uh, we, we should probably wind this up. Look, no, we uh, have one more thing. Cause Kate has something to talk about that gives her joy. Oh, and sure. I, yes. Oh, and it may give, me. it may give Kate. listeners joy. Yeah, absolutely. So. 
in the midst of all of this, one channel to enjoy comics-related content remains easily open and not affiliated with the website that shall not be named. And that channel is, drumroll please, people, television. Mm. So, Vagrant Queen, the comic series uh, by Magdalene Visaggio, has now come to the Sci-Fi Channel as a weekly series. And live action? Live action. You can pick it up on the first episode on YouTube for free. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. It's, I guess that you could best describe it as like shot on a low budget, uh, Star Wars set, but with disco <laughs> lighting. That is the visual aesthetic. The aesthetic is Star Wars, but neon. Uh, okay. That's the visual aesthetic. But, now but this, the, what comic was this based on again? Vagrant Queen. By um, creators of that? I just said, Magdalene oh, Visage. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, but the plot is not quite that. The plot is um, basically your protagonist, Alita, is a royal on the run that she, but it's not like the early days. Oh, no, no, she's used to it. Um, she's living life as sort of a scavenger type, hoping no one notices that she's the last remnant, or so she thinks, of this space royal family. And for once, it is not the Empire that are the baddies. It's the Republic. <laughs> yes. The, the, well, I mean, hey, if you're a monarch, the Republic is not exactly your friend. Um, so... Her cover gets blown. Um, she's trying to stay away from people who want her dead. She's not really sure she actually wants to restore the monarchy, you understand. She wants to just not be a dead ex-head of state. And adventures are had. It's funny. It's exciting. It's space opera-y. Um, it definitely wears its genre homages on its sleeve. There's one um, very familiar-seeming stratagem that our heroes have separately, all at the same time. They have the same thought. And then um, when they realize that everyone had the same idea, uh, one person says to the other, oh, you did this too? And the other person says something along the lines of, yeah, I think I saw it in a movie sometime. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, I'd like to give a, I'd it's, like to it's point a out. a lot of fun. I've All heard right. a few good things about it. And also just uh, that, uh, this was based on, uh, uh, I think you said this by Vault Comics. Yes. And Vault that, Comics it has, is the that that's the right. art is by Jason Smith. And, cool. you know, Vault is a very small company. And, uh, to have this already, but come, and you know, you know, um, to have this already, a, a quality show coming out, that's really fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty them. impressive. You can definitely see the low budget in some ways, but you don't notice it because the acting is just that good. Okay. Hey, so, you guys. So this is great. And, uh, you know, once again, uh, remember to leave us a message or, you know, send us a yes. rating if you enjoyed this show. And everybody be safe here. Yep. Be careful out there. All right. And stick around because there will be there will be more to come.